Welcome to Slow and Steady, the podcast where you get to follow along as we figure out how to build products and recover from burnout. I'm Brian. And I'm Benedict. Each week, we'll give you an honest peek into our lives as we figure things out. Today is March 9th, and I'm feeling excited. This is episode number 81, and I'm feeling... I'm still feeling sleepy, but I'm excited. But, I am excited yeah. because what's what's going on today, Benedict? We have a guest on. We have John Nunemaker on. Um, hi, John. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, <laughs> Brian is sleepy, but I'm I'm super pumped. Because, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, the I, coffee's I still that... kicking in. I'll I'll be so excited in just a minute or two. I'm certain. <laughs> Oh, I've got cold brew just flowing through my veins, <laughs> yeah, so man. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason why I'm excited is, is because, like, we have you on, and I said it before, like, uh, pre before we hit record, I've been following your stuff for like for years. Basically, feels like since I started developing Ruby, and uh, like, there's no way to be a Ruby developer with not without coming across one of your blog posts or one of your open source projects at some point. Um, so it feels excited to, to, to meet you and to talk to you and uh, especially talk to you about your, like, your journey of um, being an independent software developer, uh, building, like, I don't know, how many products did you build over the course of your career? Like, that we actually launched with billing probably one, two, three, four, <laughs> five, four, I think, right now. Trying to remember, I think that's it. Maybe five. I think four. And then there are a couple of uh, products, uh, projects without billing. So it's like you have a track record of uh, <laughs> of doing stuff on the internet, and that's pretty exciting. And it always felt like super inspiring to me to just like see someone be an independent developer and still like building products and being successful with it. At least that's what it looked like from the outside. And um, I do a good job of making it look that way. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> well teach us how to do that that's also valuable. <laughs> <laughs> no that's really great to hear like honestly it's inspiring to me like i feel like a lot of times you don't get that feedback you just get you know issues that get created or bug reports or people who hate the HTTP party post install message so you don't <laughs> you don't hear like that kind of stuff so like uh i miss that from conferences going to conferences and stuff because i feel like i'd always run into people and then we'd have really great conversations and then I feel really inspired. So I already feel ready to like go and now hack on something new just from hearing that. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, maybe we should recap a little bit uh, and talk a bit, a bit of the things you did in the past and like um, the products you launched. Um, I remember um, maybe seven or eight years ago, you were building uh, Harmony, a CMS, yeah. and Gauges, a analytics tool, as well as yeah. Speaker Deck for like. Uh, sharing sharing talks um yeah how, how did that come to be like uh how did you start all those <laughs> yeah it's i mean it's it's funny because it starts simple and then eventually all of a sudden you're like geez i have three or four things what's going on and i can't figure out what how to push forward on each of them you know it feels like uh inching along but like it started uh i was working at notre dame and we were just cranking out websites and i was like we really should have like a content management system that makes a lot of sense. Like that's customized for like how we push out these content managers or uh, these websites. And I was like, this makes sense to me. Like we should do it. I couldn't get them on board with rails, but I like, you know, loved rails, huge fan. So we ended up like hosting like externally and kind of like 
I don't know, I guess I would say sneaking it in. <laughs> and then uh, it got big enough that they kind of it had to become a supported thing. And now I think there's four or 500 sites at, at the University of Notre Dame that are powered by that. And that was called um, Conductor, which was a play on Rails. And then it also had N and D in it. Um, and so I was there and I worked with another guy, Steve Smith. We got to be really good friends. We kind of started separating like duties when we worked on things. So like he was kind of front end, I was kind of back end. Um, and then we both kind of overlapped a little bit in our Venn diagram. And then it was like, he left and about a year later, like he, you know, posted this photo on his back deck where he was like hacking. And I, he was like, I was like, that looks nice. And he was like, you want to do it? And I was like, okay. So <laughs> I, so I left Notre Dame and joined him and we knew right away, like he was doing the same thing. He was consulting, building a lot of websites and stuff like that. And we, we just, you know, it was base camp, 37 signals that like, if, if you're not making your own product, like, do you really exist? Like, you know, season in, <laughs> in, in the web time. And I was like, we should start with, you know, what we know, like we built, um, conductor and it was awesome, but like, we, now we can't use it cause we're outside of Notre Dame. <laughs> so let's like take what we learned and rebuild it and, and then use it on the outside. So that's kind of how that started. And then it's like, once you have a, you know, way to make a website, that's awesome like the natural next thing is like, well, who's like, what's going on on this website? Like, are people visiting it? Are they not like what pages are popular, all that kind of stuff. And the thing that I like noticed is I just, I hated Google analytics. Like every time I opened it up, it was just like, I can't, I mean, it has everything you want. And, yeah. and when it has everything, how do you find anything? Yeah. Um, and I mean, obviously it's a much better product and more full and more customizable and stuff now, but that almost makes it even worse, you know? And I was like, okay, I just want something simple. And randomly I uh, had a hernia and I had hernia surgery and I like couldn't really work for like a month while I was recovering. And then I was like, well, what if I just like kind of eased back into it for fun with this like, you know, silly stats app idea that I had. And I like hacked together this one file, you know, Sinatra. And I was really into MongoDB at the time and threw that in and then like got something that was working pretty decent. And then like the rest of the, the, the team was like, oh, uh, this actually is like really useful. I'm finding myself going to this every day and using it instead of like, we should probably make this a thing. So we were like, all right. So we launched it and, and did a seven day free trial. And we were like, we've got seven days to, you know, slap some billing on it and see like what happens. So that's kind of like the path on those. And then, you know, when you want to, like when you build products, you have to hustle them. And so the best way we could figure out to hustle them was like, let's just start going to all the conferences and talking about, you know, not necessarily our products, but talking about how we built our products. Like what's the tech that we use? Um, what's cool about how we use the tech? Like how can you use it in the same way? Like uh, for Mongo, like how to build, you know, MongoDB for analytics and stuff like that. Did a bunch of those talks and the same thing with on the Rails side, um, just the stuff that you learn. You start doing all these presentations and stuff and you're like, oh my gosh, the only thing that exists is SlideShare. And I mean, that was literally like the only thing and it was really bad back in the day. Um, and it was, you know, like the whole thing was just ads and like covered and stuff. You're like, where's the deck? I don't even know where the deck is. <laughs> and so we were like, you know what? Like one one day I was just like messing around with Image Magic, and I accidentally like passed a PDF into Image Magic, and it made an image. And I was like, whoa i was like wait a second like i bet we could turn that into a product because i didn't even know that was possible um and so it was just this kind of like light bulb and at the time there was um a guy we were friends with from like a local ruby group and he was like you know what like i want to be a programmer he was more on like the the it side and he was like i want to be a programmer so uh john hoyt's his name and he was like 
let's let's just like I'll build this. Like you just give me the shell commands that you got, and I'll just start you know whipping the Rails app together. And so that's kind of how it started. And then we were like, we should just work together. So then he was the first uh, person we hired. Um, and so that's kind of the the story on those three, I guess. Uh, they just kind of all were like, I don't know, kind of happenstance. It was just need, like a direct need in front of me. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's something like, that sounds well, kind of unexpected. It sounds like other than harmony, it was like all lucky mistakes or something like or lucky coincidences yep. that that led to the inception of the product. Um the, did you, real real quick, yeah. the the thing that strikes me about all of those CMS analytics uh speaker deck is you're like, okay, let's do something better than WordPress or similar. Yep. Let's do something better than Google Analytics. <laughs> yeah. Let's do something better than SlideShare, which I, is SlideShare owned by LinkedIn still? Or? Not anymore. They just, who was it? The Scribd uh, or Scribd? Okay. I'm not okay. sure which it is. Well, yep, however you pronounce it. Right. Yeah. But, but I, I, either way, all of them, there's like major player. And you, and is that is that deliberate or is it just like, is that it's, is that a product approach of yours or is that just how it kind of happened? I mean, like, it's funny. I have not really thought about it, but like now that you've said that, I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. Like I, d I have a bad habit of doing that. And I feel like I'm doing it again, even with like Flipper, because it's like there's Launch Darkly Split. There's a million other ones that are out there right now. But it, I, I don't think it's uh, like from a, it's not intentional and it's not from a place of, of arrogance. Like, I think I can do it better. I think it's mostly just like, you know, you just feel friction and you're like, I think I can reduce this friction. And I think some amount of people that hmm. would be worth my time to do it, like will find value in this like reduction of friction. Um, and so it just kind of like, because I, these are big things and I use them a lot, then I notice the friction and then I'm like, okay, like let's, I go, you know, go uh, knock heads with Steve and I'm like, how can we make this better? And eventually I feel like we come up with something that's not better, but it's better for some subset of the audience. And mm -hmm. our goal has never been to make a unicorn or to like any of that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. It's just been make good software and that people find value for and they pay for. And I think, you know, picking a, a known market when you want to do that's actually like really um, wise and makes a lot of sense. It just, it never, it was never intentional. That's just kind of how it happened. Yeah. yeah. When there's a, when there's a behemoth in the market and what you just said was, yeah, we can, we don't have to make it better for everybody. We can just make it better for some people. Yeah if a colossal amount of people are buying it, then a small niche is a, is a legit market as yep. opposed to starting from a niche market and trying to satisfy a subset of those people. That's probably, you're probably going to have a really hard time. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 and I think it can be a hard growth path. Cause you're like, well, why would you like Google analytics? It's like, why would yeah. people use gauges right. when they can get Google analytics for free? And it's like, you know what? Some yeah. people, just want to get an email every morning with like what pages <laughs> got hit the most, mm -hmm. where did they come from? How many views that I have? It's all vanity and I, and you know, love it. And that's all I want. I just want this pretty little email. And if I want to, I want to be able to go to the website and I just want to see like live somebody clicking around on it. Like those are the two things that we were like, that's, that was what we wanted. There's no, there's not really like a, it's not event tracking. It's not goals. It's not funnels. It's not all these other things that exist that are probably very important. It's like, I just want to, I just want to go and feel better about like what's happening in my life today. And so I just want to see these clicks and see the stuff live. And I think, yeah, like that's the thing. Like you, you look at some big product that tons of people use and you're like, how can I take that on?
But the other side of it is like, there's no way all those people are happy with this, this product. They're, no, you know, right. and a lot of people will choose free, but some people will pay whatever, five, 10, you know, 50, hundred bucks a month just to like have something that's better um, or better for them, for their, like their needs. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> when like back in the day, uh, when you were building those three products, um, were you able to like, uh, live by like, live from the revenue and the profits that those products generate nope. okay <laughs> yeah. so you, you've always been consulting on the side and building websites or yeah so back back then we, that's what we did so we had the consulting the consulting was full-time and then we always joked that like we had you know our side projects were all these products because eventually we wanted to do that but <laughs> Um, you know, you, it just takes a long time. You guys it's, with SAS, it just takes a long time. It doesn't just, unless, I mean, there's some people that have this, you know, magic touch and they can just like growth. I would love to just sit down with one of those people someday and just be like, how do you do this? Like, I don't understand. I can't mentally, like, it doesn't make sense to me how you can just click a button and go to like, whatever, a million in a year. Um, that's amazing. Um, we, we didn't do that. So I think, you know, like, around the time that we got acquired by GitHub, Harmony was maybe like five grand a month. And I think Gages had gotten to maybe like two or three or something like that. So between the two of them, we had, we had kind of just decided we had, we had good client projects going on. So we were like, okay, we've got like 8,000 a month. Let's just put like one or two people on it and see what happens. And if we, you know, lose money for a little while, or if we break even or whatever, that's fine. Cause you know, the two or three other of us that are doing the consulting work can kind of float and pay the bills. Um, but when it was just Steve and I, we would just kind of alternate, like we'd have like Steve would work on, on harmony, you know, for like a month and I would do consulting stuff and then we'd kind of flip flop. And so it was almost just like a back and forth and we just used the consulting. We literally, like we could have made more consulting a lot more. But we kept it as small and, and as tight as we could. It was like, okay, we want to survive and and not just like ramen survive, but like, you know, nice life survive. And then anything above that is invested into long-term, which is the products and growing those and, and getting those to be bigger. So I think that was probably the most intentional thing that we did was just like, start small. Like, don't just quit your job and go straight into a SaaS and think that you're going to like, you know, get back to your salary anytime soon. Like, I mean, if that happens, amazing, fantastic, but just don't plan on that and instead have a backup plan. Like, you know, and so we kind of always, um, yeah, I was joked for a long time. I had two jobs. Like we, we didn't have one job. We had two jobs. So, um, and, and even now I'm not consulting anymore. Um, but that's, that's in part because, um, box out, which is one of the other, uh, companies that I'm in that I, that I joined, um, box out, you know, pays the bills. So like, it pays the bills and then that gives me the opportunity to do the other ones on the side and it does, it's okay if they don't make money for a year or two and, and I can just any kind of profits that come off of it I can funnel back into like other people working on it um, mm-hmm. instead of me and I can just keep doing my day job that's fine so yeah it sounds I mean it, it sounds like you've, it's almost like a portfolio approach yep you have multiple small successes that overall contribute to a sustainable way of life yeah i i don't think it would yeah i I totally agree like andrew wilkinson meta lab tiny like i love that that approach of like um obviously they have some huge businesses now but um i love that idea of like but i think a lot of it is just like i whatever is is right or wrong inside me is like i just can't do one thing i mean it was kind of amazing to me that i that i worked at github for seven years because like 
to do like what the only way I was able to do that is they got big enough that there were, that I could almost work on different products inside of it. You know, mm-hmm. like I mm-hmm. can't even add up. I was there seven years. I probably had 20, 25, I don't know, 50 different roles when I was there on different, you know, individual services inside the company. So that probably was, I guess, what, what made that possible, which I guess I haven't thought about until right now. But um, yeah, I love the portfolio approach. That's actually, now it's intentional. So then now my goal is, um, before it was just like, I just kept building new things because I just always had done that. I've always had idea notebooks and just love, you know, mm-hmm. making things. Um, I, I go back through them sometimes and a lot of products that exist today, I'm like, oh, yep, I got I look right here. I'm looking back through and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I literally drew this up just like this. I just never executed mm-hmm. on it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's intentional. Now I want to have I, what I've realized is uh, being a GitHub from, you know, 40 people to thousands of people. I was like, I don't want to work at a thousand person company anymore. I love GitHub. I have no, no problems with any of it. You know, it's for some people that's, you know, what they need. I just prefer the small team, big impact, um, you know, control stuff like that. I'm probably a control freak. That's probably really what drives it. Um, so, but yeah, now it's intentional. How do you manage that though, as a, as a small team, when you don't get the economies of, I mean, you have multiple customer support channels, you have multiple marketing, you know, initiatives across multiple products and and you're not very many people how do you manage that um so i would say the number and this is i've started to realize this over the last like couple months the number one thing is standardization so make everything the same on every every product so um every product is rails every product is postgres Mm -hmm. every Mm -hmm. product um uh uses the same exception tracking every product Mm -hmm. uses stripe for billing every product uses bootstrap for the view stuff um we just we standardize on all the things that like, I mean, sure. Like I want to try tailwind. I'm curious about it, but I'm like, I've got three products that use bootstrap that have no problems and that all look gorgeous and not necessarily bootstrappy. So I'm like, that's fine. That's okay. Like it doesn't have to be new and hot. The goal is, is for me. And it kind of always has been, is just like, what, what's the end result for these things? Like are customers happy? Are we making money? Stuff like that. Whether I'm using, you know, tailwind or or bootstrap or stuff doesn't really matter, but that's, that's it. It's standardization. Um, and then the second thing that I've been trying to do is figure out how to delegate. Like I've actually hit up like a, not a breaking point, but like for me, what a breaking point, like what I, I don't generally feel stressed. And so when I feel stressed, I'm like, Whoa, something is not right right now. Cause I don't, I like to, you know, take my time. Like I have a poster up on my wall. That's like, um, something about like nature not having any deadlines, but yet everything is accomplished. And it's like a tree with like 50 rings is the photo. Like I'm all about like slow, well, literally slow and steady. Um, <laughs> so like, I, I love that, but I was feeling stressed like a month ago. I'm like, all right, what's going on? Well, you know, between the three apps, you know, box out's doing really well. The other two are growing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I have some like extra money to put towards helping to reduce that stress, but I just haven't done it yet because mentally I hadn't like realized what was going on. And it's like, trying to push three things forward at once, even if you're standardized is really difficult with, I mean, we have four people at box out and then two at fewer and faster. So it's in all, and two of the same four people are, you know, so really it's like a total of like four people. And then two of them are kind of pushing all, all, all the dev and, and design and everything for the other three products. Mm So, um, so yeah, I guess that's the biggest thing is standardization. The second thing is I'm realizing I'm going to have to start bringing on other people to help in order to, see if I can move stuff faster, but I've never done it. So I have no idea how good I'll be at it or how terrible. Yeah. That's helpful. Thanks. Maybe, maybe we should uh, recap a little bit. So, uh, because you mentioned a lot of 
product and company names and uh, i mean <laughs> right i i kind of knew about them right. but for for the listener who doesn't know about your history uh, maybe yeah. we can we can sum it up a little bit um so um the the first three products we mentioned you eventually got acquired by github yep um i guess it was mostly an acquihire or something like that to get more developers yeah so we we it was uh, effectively they were like uh, like when I was talking with Chris, he was like, what if we just merged? And I'm like, you're like 40 people and we're like five, <laughs> you know, like that's not a merger. That's an acquisition. And he was <laughs> like, yeah, that's fair. Okay. What if we just, you know, acquire you guys? So basically what we, we did is um, we were at that point, we were like, okay, it's December. We're kind of winding down for the year. We're just about like, we have like three proposals out for product, like, like service work that's going to last for like three to six months. So if you want us to start, we can either start December 5th. Um, or we can start like in June and he was like, okay, let's do it. So like we hadn't, we hadn't even signed the like legal paperwork yet. I mean, literally like we agreed like November 25th. I remember cause that's my birthday and we agreed like an email. And then I was like, you know, it's December 5th or whatever we started. And then the leaguer, the, you know, the lawyers argued for like three months until finally we were like, <laughs> you know, just look, look, everybody's on the same page, but you let's just <laughs> sign stuff and like move on with life so it was an aqua hire they technically like we you know we got some cash up front and then like options and stuff like that and then the cash up front was basically for the products because you know we were like we don't want to just shut them down and they were like we don't either that's why part of the reason they wanted to get us is is because they like the products um there's several people at github who were like like if anything happens to speaker deck i'm getting my knife you know like they love speaker deck a lot so like there was you know uh th threats and stuff like that so we knew speaker deck was going to live on and we knew uh harmony probably wouldn't because they had pages and it didn't really make sense so we kind of uh sold that to some friends almost immediately after i mean github sold it we didn't um and then gauges was soon after to some other friends um but yeah so that's that was kind of it was kind of one of those where like we can start right away or not and we just like shook hands and everybody quit working at ordered list and got you know welcome to github letters and worked there and then as soon as the paperwork went through then there was you know cash and options and all that kind of stuff figured out so cool so ordered list was like the, the umbrella company for like all those products okay those yeah yep definitely learned some stuff there because we had we had one company for the consulting that was like incorporated and then we had an llc that we spun up for the products i i don't remember why we did it that way but we did we did two i think because of ownership because uh we steve had a little more ownership in the consulting because he started it originally and i joined him like a couple years later um and then on the product side we wanted the ownership to be like split pretty much 50 50 and so when we did that um we just spun up a new company for that and then we accidentally bought domains from the inc for the <laughs> llc and all these other things that like we learned later are big no-nos and we had to do all these con legal conveyances to convey from this company to the other company. And then eventually we shut down the the consulting company and it just disappeared. Um, and then the LLC company was acquired. And then obviously like, I don't know what happens to it if they just shut it down automatically when it gets acquired or if GitHub had to do that. Um, but yeah, so we had ordered list and ordered list creations, which was the product one. So. Hmm. But you're, so, but, but the better way to have done it would have been to have one single entity billing service work and funneling up product revenue any purchases everything happens under one entity inc in the event that it's ever acquired so it's actually fine to have more than one um the problem that we had is we had one paying for things in the other 
So what would have been better? So yeah, whatever you do it in, you just want that thing to, to like own and control everything. Yeah. So I think probably, and actually what we're doing now with some of the new stuff is, um, using LLCs to change like ownership and stuff like that. So like I'm setting up an LLC just for myself and that will own my part in fewer and faster. And that'll own my part in box out as well. Um, and then Steve's kind of doing the same thing and that's fine. Then like any, if there's any, you know, profit, it just flows all the yes. way to the last one and it's all passed through taxes okay. and okay. stuff like that. But yeah, the biggest thing is just that like whatever, uh, owns it, that has to do all the, the money for that. So yes. you just need to, you know, have the ownership, right. And then you can move the, the money where you have to, to, to make the purchases with the right place. So cool. All right. Yeah. Learned it the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> Probably cost a couple thousand dollars to just to get the, <laughs> just, the just domain. Hypo- just hypothetically speaking that somebody might be trying to earn a living consulting and also building products on the side. I mean, yes. I I'm just, yeah. Just hypothetically. Bit, just bit yep. Yeah. <laughs> so f- fast forward seven years or so, uh, you quit GitHub and then, uh, I heard like uh, fewer and faster box out sports um, flipper and speaker deck. Speaker deck is still around, so that's HTC nice. party. Yep, HTC party. Yep. <laughs> oh, uh, I haven't been able to turn that into a company yet, but okay. <laughs> um, so fewer and faster is like your new like uh, umbrella company, or yep. Is it so? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you 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 explain the situation. <laughs> yeah, I can so, only guess. <laughs> no problem. So basically, Steve was at GitHub as well. He left GitHub and and started Box Out Sports, and so and that was a couple of years before I left. And so then, when about 2017, I was realizing I was kind of like year five or six, and I was kind of I think done with big company, and but I still had a, a a decent chunk, I don't know, maybe 10 or 25% of my options that were not like shares yet and stuff. So it was like, well, you don't really want, you know, so I just tried to show up and make a difference every day and do something good. But I knew that I wanted something on the side again, and it was time to like get back out there and start hustling. So I was like, what could I, I started thinking, started writing down ideas. Like what could I start building on the side to have a runway? I'm super conservative. I'm like the person who runs out the the clock in the fourth quarter or, you know, the second half, whatever, like I'm, I'm going to do that. So I was like, I got to have something that's paying for like half or like three quarters or all of my salary. You know, even if I have to work hard for like an overlapping period, I'd rather do that than struggle and and stuff. So I was like, I got to start something. So that's where Flipper started. I was like, maybe that could be a thing. I don't know. Like I, I wasn't sure if, if I could make it hosted and if people would trust me and how to, how to figure out some of that stuff. But then I saw, you know, launched Darkly and a bunch of those showing up and they were getting like large eight, 10, $12 million funding rounds. And I'm like, okay, there's, there's definitely something there. I think that can be a thing. So I started on that. So I made the company fewer and faster because that's my performance model. Like I've done a bunch of performance stuff and I always, I just boil it down to like performance and making something faster is just about making it happen fewer times or making the individual times that it happens faster. And you can do either one of them just depends on which one is going to have the biggest impact. So if you're doing a hundred queries on a page and you do, you cut it down to 10, it's going to be faster. If you do, you know, 10 queries on a page and they take 200 milliseconds and you cut it down to a hundred, it's going to be faster. So fewer and faster has just been like, I just thought it would be a cool company name. Cause I always, I was just like internally, that was my, my mental model for like doing that work. And it's my favorite kind of work. Um, 
So after that, I was like, okay, Fury and Faster, got that. I'm going to start Flipper and put it in there. And then nothing was happening with Speaker Deck. So like when Speaker Deck went and they kept it and they uh, at GitHub and they tried to turn it into this like big uh, talk thing and like, I don't think any of this is illegal to tell, but, um, and they were going to have like video and like, it was going to be like a, this whole thing where you could like automatically record, maybe even like hardware. There was lots of cool ideas in it um, to turn Speaker Deck into more than just sharing PDFs online. Um, and then for what, like lots of various reasons, like it just didn't happen. And so then it just sat and languished. And I basically like as on the side at GitHub maintained it, like (laughs) I did helped with support a little bit, you know, updated for security issues and stuff like that. And eventually a a bunch of people started saying like, Hey, like nothing's happening with speaker deck. Like, can we buy it? Like we had people actively Mm -hmm. writing into support and saying, I want to buy speaker deck and, and GitHub, like, I think was just like, at that point, I mean, Speaker deck is like, you know, losing a thousand dollars a month or something on a Heroku and AWS bill. And nobody cares about like it was it was better to just lose that money every month than to actually go through the due diligence of trying to find a buyer and like get rid of it. And it was just kind of sitting there. And like, finally, I was like, I'll do the due diligence. And they're like, okay, cool. And then I was like, I started looking at it and I was like, why don't I just buy it? (laughs) This is like, I actually am the one that's maintaining it anyways. Why don't I just and GitHub lets people have things on the side at, at the time. I, I assume they do now, but like, I was like, you know, so I finally, I just, I just emailed and I was like, Hey, like, what if I just bought this back from you? I like, I just I made an offer and I said, I think it's fair considering it's like negative 12 grand a year, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, they, and they emailed back and they like slashed it big time. They were like, yes, they basically just gave it to me almost. I mean, they were super cool about it. Um, but then getting the paperwork done took forever. And so I needed fewer and faster because I needed a company to sell it into so that I would still be, you know, limited liability and protected and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so it was like, that was like August and then of like 17 and then like late in November, they were like, yes, this sounds awesome. Let's do it. And then on this fateful day, uh, like June 1st, they emailed, they're like, we need to do it today. Like out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, okay (laughs) like that's weird and then june 2nd i saw this rumor that microsoft was gonna buy github and i was like oh that's probably (laughs) not a rumor (laughs) and i know that because because and and i had tweeted this like cryptic you know tweet that was like oh i got some great news everybody and all of a sudden like all these people inside of github were like what are you doing and i was like i'm just excited about speaker deck i don't what's going on? I don't get what's going on, you know? Um, and so then, yeah, it was kind of funny. So like, uh, eventually I like sleuthed it and figured that out. So like we literally like signed the paperwork in one day and it was over and and then it was ours. So, so those two, so flipper had kind of been started, but like, it was just, we were building it for fun. And then speaker deck, um, we just moved it in on the acquisition. Um, and there was four of us, it was myself, Steve. Um, and I, cause I wanted people to help me with it. I didn't want to do it by myself. And then uh, John Hoyt from Ordered List, and still he's still at GitHub now, and uh, the last one to remain. And then um, Eli Miller, he's JQR on Twitter. He was helping us too. And then we, we kind of did that for like a... So that's kind of how the company, Fewer and Faster, started. It's the parent company for Speaker Deck and Flipper. Um, and then Box Out was like when I ended up deciding to leave GitHub... Um, so June 4th was like the announcement. And then like June 10th, my daughter was born and I, and they uh, have super generous paternity leave. So I'm like, okay. So I did a uh, five months paternity leave, you know, planning on coming back. And then the Microsoft deal closed 
on a Friday and my first day back from paternity leave was Monday. And I was like, ah, yes, yeah, sorry, I'm going to have to resign. And my manager was totally cool about it. They were, they were fine. So then I uh, joined box out in January with Steve uh, just because it was just natural. Like we've worked together. We always joke we're work mm-hmm. spouses. I mean, we've, mm-hmm. uh, there was periods in our life where we, we were together more than with our, our wives just because we were work days. All our work days were together in cafes and stuff like that. So it was like, you know what? He's doing a bunch of stuff that's cool. I'm just going to join him again. And so that was Box Out. Box Out's like a sports graphics for social media for colleges and um, starting to uh, get into high schools pretty heavy as well. Um, and it's really cool. It's kind of similar to Harmony. It's like you have a developer who makes like a template and the template has what kind of data needs to populate the template. And then the output for Harmony was a web page. And Box Out's the same thing. It's like, data that you can put in with like a graphic design um that makes an image and then when you put that data in you get like a social media image or a mm-hmm. mp4 um and so that's kind of how box out came in so fewer and faster was like out of a necessity to like have a company in order to try to do flipper and then to luck upon speaker deck um and so we got speaker deck so then that's how those two were and then um box out was just like you know, I wanted to do something after GitHub and, Mm -hmm. and they were, you know, three people. And, um, and so I actually used some of the proceeds from GitHub to basically just kind of like buy in and and be an owner because I didn't want to have a a day job. So. That's really, uh, so the, the thing with box out, how did, well, I guess I, you know, after realizing Okay, let's go after not intentionally, but basically, yeah. let's go after WordPress, Google Analytics, and <laughs> SlideShare. Boxout does seem like a pretty niche product. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I think that it can be not niche. Uh, like it right now, it's niche in the target audience, but the tech mm-hmm. is completely not niche because you right. think about everybody exactly. who's making screen caps for YouTube, yep. social media graphics. Instagram. Yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff is like super not niche. So mm-hmm. from that st- standpoint, it's not, but from the target initial target audience, it is. And that's mostly because of the guy, w- the first person who started it, he was actually a, like a, a sports information director for like a local minor league baseball team okay. and just saw the need and was like, Hey, we should do yeah. this. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how that started. Interesting. I just love products like that where it's like a super weird niche that nobody would ever think about building a product for but then like suddenly you realize there's need for it and people are actually like pe- people are who are in that target market are actively looking for it and are mm-hmm. willing to yeah. buy and yeah you wouldn't but think about like, it from the end from the outside you, you you'd have to be like mm-hmm. inside yeah no this is super painful and i know all my friends need this too yeah you know yeah, when and they announced did, when they said they yeah. were going to do it, I was like, "That's a terrible." I was thinking in my head, "That's terrible. No one will ever pay for that. Why would anyone <laughs> no pay for that?" that. Yeah, yeah. And, and Steve out. was even like, ah, "I'll just do it cheap for you guys." Like the other two two people who were working, mm-hmm. on, I'll just do it cheap for you. Whatever. Like you know, a mm-hmm. couple thousand bucks. I'll throw something together, and you can see if it works. And then they like mm-hmm. pre-sold like forty grand, and he was like, "I would like to be an owner." It's <laughs> so, like you don't have to pay me. I'll just be an owner. Huh. So yeah, so it's just yeah, it's one of those weird things. Oh, that's fascinating, man. Well, yeah, I wish I would come across things like that more often. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. I mean, that that is on the, the on the one hand, that should be the benefit of of consulting is, mm-hmm. you know, access mm-hmm. across many things. But but I, the, the trade off is that oftentimes you don't spend enough time in the domain 
yeah yeah to be able to distinguish between yeah that's a nuisance but it's we're eh it's fine versus yeah that's that's super important and we're not getting it done well enough right now be great if somebody built a product specific to that and also from past experience it's very rare that like someone comes to you with like 40k in pre-sales <laughs> he's yeah. just like i have this yeah. great idea you should build it for me for yeah. free and you'll build, mm. be like you know no and uh, we'll figure out how to sell and who wants it afterwards <laughs> yeah yeah yep interesting cool well we uh we should wrap up here in just just a minute or two but uh john any, anything we haven't asked about that uh you know most of the listeners are on the founder's journey you know and struggling with the balance and you know every everything that you're familiar with how do you juggle everything find product market fit etc cetera, etc cetera. where do you put your time anything we haven't talked about that or that you uh haven't shared that you think is a particularly practical nugget yeah i don't know if it's helpful but i i think the like the thing that helps me is just to remind myself it's hard like uh <laughs> i mean it doesn't matter how well any of your products are doing like balancing your time is difficult. Like with one, with three, um, it really doesn't matter. I feel like that's just either something like you as a person always struggle with, or like somehow you're you're the person who doesn't, uh, which is probably, you know, on the 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 power law or the bell curve is very very towards the one side. So yeah, but yeah, I, I, that's my reminder. Is just it's hard. So hard. you just got to keep working at it and keep trying to make a difference every day. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, that's very affirming. <laughs> it, feels, <laughs> it, it feels hard. <laughs> Deal. Well, listen, John, thanks so much for for joining us. Yeah, thank you. This was really fun. Yeah, so uh, where can people find you online? Uh, I'm uh, on Twitter at jnunamaker. It's uh, hard, but it'll probably be in the show notes. And then um, johnnunamaker.com. Those are probably the two best places. And if something's happening in my life, it's on one of those. So, Cool. Yeah, thanks for joining us. It was great talking to you. And I feel like we could go on for like another hour or so. But, Easily, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you come on for another episode. In the for sure. Yeah. Can I can be a friend great. of the pod. I'm happy to. So. <laughs> great. Thanks well, for joining us. Bye, y'all. Thank you. Bye. Bye.